Top three items on this edition of the Cigar Dave Show. Number one, the wussification of the American male revealed its ugly consequences in Uvalde, Texas. We are in crisis. Number two, cigar price insanity. And number three, interesting twist to a car accident in Fort Lauderdale. Lesson for all alpha males and their harems. The Cigar Dave Show is presented by Gurkha. The world's finest cigars, including the new Gurkha Revenant, the five-country fusion of exceptionally aged tobaccos, will immediately jumpstart your senses for a cigar journey that only Gurkha can deliver. Offered in both Corojo and Maduro presentations. Fire up a new Gurkha Revenant today. Visit GurkhaCigars.com and buy Davidoff of Geneva and their Avo portfolio of cigars, including the Avo Heritage. Crafted through centuries of traditions, Avo Heritage was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar with strength, complexity, and impeccable smoothness. Savor every note of the spice-laden Avo Heritage, available at DavidoffGeneva.com. This is the Cigar Dave Show with the General. Well, I can tell you that the wussification of the American male is in full gear. It has been in full gear for 50 years. This global alpha male in chief and your five-star general has been doing everything that I can since we began alpha male pleasure maneuvers and uh, cigar-related maneuvers 27 years ago. We will get into it right off the bat. But first, as always... I extend to you my long-ash greetings and salutations, a long-ash snappy salute. Semper delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure. As uh, I say, we are in crisis, a big crisis. Where has the alpha male gone in this country? Where has masculinity gone? Where are the men that stormed the beaches of Normandy back in World War II. Where have they gone? Who have, and where, where, for example, where are the men that climbed the World Trade Center towers? The men, the police, the, the, the firemen who risked everything to try and save lives. They didn't stop and think. They said, this is what we do. It's in our DNA, our, our, in our genetics. We are trained to save lives. Where have they all gone? They have disappeared. And there are numerous reasons for it. Very interesting. There are two interesting articles that appeared this week. One in the pipeline called Forget Guns, Whatever Happened to Men by Michael Walsh. And the second, Miranda Devine in the New York Post on Thursday, Where Are the Men of Courage? They're gone thanks to toxic masculinity. That is a term, toxic masculinity, that was pulled out of thin air. A fictional term to label all men, all males, as being toxic. I wonder... When those men stormed the beaches, the 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old, 21-year-old men, waist-high in uh, incredible water with mortar fire and bullets shooting at them as they're trying to storm the beaches of Normandy, were they toxic? I wonder, were the men of the NYPD and uh, uh, NYFD 
Were they toxic when they tried to save lives back on September 11, 2001? Are males today who try to assist in any way possible, whether it is on the battlefield or whether it is just in regular day-to-day life by getting out of a car and helping a woman change a tire or getting out a woman that's stuck in the snow and they they, they, they help get her out of the, the, the snow get from being stuck, is that toxic? I don't think so. And it is about damn time that we say enough. To quote brain-dead President Joe Biden, when he spoke on Thursday evening, he said, enough, enough. I'm your commander-in-chief. Enough. Guns, enough. That was a blatant campaign message for the 2022 midterms. If you really want to solve a problem, whatever it is, whether it's guns, whether it is uh, uh, issues where we've got a crisis with young males, get people together. Don't point fingers. Don't make it political. But they can't. They just can't help themselves. Biden, Pelosi, Schmuck Schumer, they can't help themselves. Everything must be political. And they wonder why Republicans don't trust them. Well, we have a major issue on our hands. Now, I spoke last week talking about there were, I think, seven or eight items and reasons why we're seeing a proliferation of these young males, angry males, that end up taking their anger and going and shooting people, going into schools, attacking fellow students. We saw it in Uvalde, Texas. But here's one quick question. This kid who didn't have a job, dropped out of high school, the estimated cost for all of his weapons and his ammunition was close to $10,000. And nobody can figure out where he got the money. Nobody can figure out how he was able to afford it. I'd like to know. Interesting question. We haven't heard it. I don't know. Were there some cartel... Mexican cartel drug lords, were they involved? I have no idea, but we need answers. But getting back to this toxic masculinity bullshit, Miranda Devine starts off her column saying, so we vilify action men, brand chivalry, and valor toxic masculinity stamp on the manly virtues that made civilization possible. Then we're shocked when armed cops stand around outside a classroom while children are slaughtered or when strap hangers watch passively as a woman is assaulted on the subway. We've seen all these videos where people take on, on, their, on their iPhone or their Android of women getting attacked in the subway, and people just stand around and watch. People get beaten up on the street in shithole New York City. People just stand around and watch. And then we had all those cops, cops, sheriffs, uh, uh, Texas Rangers, they all stood around just twiddling their thumbs because some cockamamie police chief from the Uvalde Central School District, I didn't even know they had a chief. But you tell me how this guy is running the whole operation. I don't care if it's on school property or not. Let's get somebody with a big set of balls saying, what are you doing? Waiting. We're going in. And if you don't give the order, I'm taking over. Period. Nope, they all stood around. But I'll tell you what. The mothers didn't stand around. You had several mothers that ran in and got their kids. You had an off-duty 
Border Patrol agent borrowed a shotgun while he was getting a haircut from his barber, ran over, he went in and tried to get kids out. This is indicative, the standing around is indicative of the wussified beta male state that has been created over the last 50 years by the Democrats, the socialists, and the feminists. And then people wonder and say, gee, why, why do we see so many men, so many uh, males that, that want to identify as female? And oh, by the way, let's celebrate transgenderism. We didn't see transgenderism growing up. I'm sure it was around. But now all of a sudden, we're seeing the femini feminization of the American boy and American male, and that's exactly what the feminists have wanted. I get a kick. It, it, Miranda Devine talks about that Democrats cynically demonize Republicans over guns as a motivator for their base. Republicans fall back on hardening security to prevent more school shootings. But Little Rob Elementary School in Uvalde, Texas, where an 18-year-old gunman murdered 19 children and two of their teachers last week, was already hardened. It was. Now, whether somebody left a door open, we don't know. But immediately, when there is a report of a shooter, go, attack. You don't sit around. We had armed police officers standing around over an hour while kids were bleeding out and kids getting shot and little kids calling 911 saying, please help. I remember that Fred Rogers, Mr. Rogers, all of us growing up watched Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers, Sesame Street, hey, when I was growing up, you know, as a five-year-old in 1969, Mr. Rogers was big. I love watching Mr. Rogers. Mr. Rogers famously said, when things that are bad, things, when bad things are happening, look for the helpers. So what did little kids do? Third, fourth graders, they got on their cell phones and they called for the helpers. And what did these helpers do? These wussified, beta, nadless cops, they stood around and did nothing. Nobody could make a decision. That is indicative of what has taken place to the American male over the last 50 years. The mere fact that not one, not one of the dozens of police, Texas Rangers, Border Patrol, whomever was there outside, not one challenged the police chief of the Uvalde Central School District to say, hey, listen, bud, get the hell out. We're making, we're, we're overruling you. We're alphas. We've got big balls. We're storming the building. Not one, not one overruled him and said, get the fuck out of the way because if you don't get out of the way, I'm going to shoot you. Not one. We used to revere Alphas, men for their bravery that would go into buildings when they're, when, to save people in fires or would storm the beaches or raise the flag, the Marines in Iwo Jima. We, we looked at those men as men of valor. Today, the feminists and the ultra-liberals have now reaped what they sowed. They wanted weak men. 
They wanted natless men. They wanted feminized men. Congratulations. That's exactly what they got in Uvalde, Texas. And it's not the only place we're seeing it. We're seeing it every day across this country. Growing up, if somebody, if you were a man, a male, a man, and you would have seen somebody attacking a woman on the street, in the subway, you wouldn't stand around. Now, back then, there weren't video cameras. There weren't these cell phone where you could take videos. But what do people do today? They see people, kids getting beaten up or whatever, and they just stand around and take videos of it. This is the society that has been created as a result of the wussification of the American male. And it starts from the time that a male leaves the womb. Because women, the fem, not women, the feminists, the liberals, the socialists, the radical Democrats, that's an oxymoron, they're all radical. From the time that baby is born, that first minute, that male baby is viewed as a potential sexual predator. We saw the Me Too movement all over this country. 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, all of a sudden women came out and said, oh yeah, that was 30 years ago. There should be a statute of limitations. Something happens, I'm sorry, you don't wake up 30 years later. But instead, we now have a society, believe all women, don't believe, except when it comes to the Clintons. When Bill Clinton does it, don't believe him. It's only the rest of the country. Every other male, if, if there's an accusation, nope, we have to cancel them, we have to believe them, we have to kill their careers. Now, I, I'm not a big Johnny Depp fan. I think he's kooky. I think he's an absolute mashugana. He's a whack job. He's a total wackadoodle. What took place between he and Amber Heard? I'm sure there was guilt on both sides. And I didn't watch the trial. I heard excerpts, bits and pieces that, frankly, were kind of mortifying. But the point being is that now we need to wake up. The feminists have tried to demonize cancel, destroy men. They have tried to destroy the absolute alpha maleness in America. And it's time that we say to quote Biden, enough, enough. I'm not kidding, man. No joke, enough. My father in Scranton used to say, Joey, enough. We need more alpha males in this country. I don't know whether he said that or not, but you can see brainless, brain-dead Biden saying it. The American Psychological Association in 2019, and I said this at the time, here's what they came out and said, quote, traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful. Traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful. These were the masculine attributes it listed as diseased. Quote, stoicism, competitiveness, dominance, aggression, anti-femininity, achievement, eschewal of the appearance of weakness, and adventure, risk, and violence. So the traditional, traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful. So let's see. Men are stoic. That's, that's a problem. If we're competitive, oh, that's psychologically harmful. That's toxic. If we're dominant, same thing. We can't have that. If we're aggressive, 
And aggressive can mean multiple things. It could be aggression where you go and try to whack someone, or aggressive in terms of your your drive professionally, your your competitiveness, your uh, in, in sports. Achievement now they declared to be psychologically harmful in what country, on what planet has achievement ever been looked at as psychologically harmful? Adventure, risk, violence, ooh, everything's harmful. I remember growing up as a kid, my grandparents, Grandma Ida and Abe, they went out to California to visit uh, my, my grandmother's sister and her husband. They spent, I think, a month out in Los Angeles. And when they came back, they went to Disneyland. They came back and got me a little, like a, a little sheriff's, a deputy kind of uh, thing. It had the belt and it had the holster with two cap guns in there. And it had like a badge and, a, and a, 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 like a cowboy hat. That was cool. As kids, we used to shoot cap guns all over the place. Not once did we ever think of going out getting a real gun and shooting anyone else. We knew they were fake. Remember, you played cops and robbers. Now you play cops and robbers, a school will have the parents called, they'll put the kid in, in, into, uh, into psychiatric care. It's a whole problem. But it's boys being boys. I remember watching cartoons, the Looney Tunes. Remember Roadrunner? And Wiley Coyote, and don't you remember that Wiley Coyote would try to drop an anvil on Roadrunner? Did we go out and try to drop an anvil from a second, third, fourth, or fifth story building because we watched it? No. We as boys growing up were allowed to roughhouse, play cops and robbers. We were all competitive. We learned on the field to be competitive. From the time I was five, six years old, we'd play kickball or soccer or touch football or whatever. We always wanted to win. We kept score. I had a basketball hoop in my backyard. We kept score. We didn't say, oh, everybody, there's no winners and there's no losers. Everybody gets a participation trophy. No, we kept score. We learned how to win, we learned how to lose, and we didn't have all this aggression after we lost. Those days are gone. And for the American Psychological Association to say traditional masculinity is psychologically harmful, let me translate. What they're saying is they don't want masculine men, period. They want wussified, betafied men to turn into feminists, to become feminized. I got news for you. There's no way in hell that a man can breastfeed, a legitimate male can breastfeed or give birth to a kid. You can't breastfeed, milk's not coming out of there, and there's no womb if you're a true male. If you've got a schlong, you're not giving birth. Now maybe for Pete Boot Edge Edge, maybe he's, he got the little uh, milker thing, you know, what do they, they call those, the pumps, so he can milk his uh, little babies, but Pete Buttigieg, let's face it, not really what I'd call traditional masculine. The drive to destroy masculinity has gone on far too long. The only acceptable man now is a man who wants to be a woman. If you are a traditional alpha male, masculine alpha male such as you, such as me, we now are looked as toxic. We are looked negatively 
by a large group of ultra-left wingers in this country. Now, most women, they don't want wussified beta, beta men. I can tell you, I've got tons of friends, female friends. They're like, I want an alpha male. I'm tired of these pussies. I'm tired of these beta that, 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 that are afraid to walk up to, to women, that are afraid to ask women out, that when they do, when do you want to do? When do you want to go? You take control. Seven o'clock Friday, I'm picking you up. We're going to this restaurant, so be dressed appropriately. And then afterwards, I got a little surprise. There's a little place, a little jazz, a little jazz club that we're going to go to. You know what one will say? Okay, I'm ready. They love that. It turns them on. No woman gets turned on by a guy saying, where do you want to go tonight? What do you want to do? What time should, should we meet? Or what? I, I don't know. What should I order? No. You know what women are craving today more than ever? They want the strong alpha male, that masculine male, that take charge, take control male. They want winners, not losers. Go into a restaurant. Next time you take a date, take your dame. Before the waitress or the server comes, waiter, waitress, say to your dame, what interests you on the menu tonight? You know, I think I'm going to have, I think I'm going to have the halibut. Well, no, make, no, you know what? I am going to have the sea bass. That's what I'm going to have. Sea bass with the vegetables. Wonderful. When the waiter or waitress comes, when the server comes, you take control as an alpha. You don't wait for her to order for the server to say, ma'am, what would you like? As soon as that server gets to your table, you say, the lady will have the sea bass with the vegetables. I will have the ribeye, bone-in ribeye, with the baked potato. Great. Thank you. How would you like that done? Medium rare, Pittsburgh style. Wonderful. Do you know how hot your date, your woman, your wife, your harem, you know how they are, they are going to just ooze with excitement because you took control. Most women want a strong man. The women that want feminized men are women that can't get laid in a whorehouse for money. They have a, 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 a furrier beard than I do at 5 o'clock. They are ugly. They can't get a man. They can't get a date. They are miserable. Fact. Not the politically correct thing to say, but I'm not about political correctness. I'm about truth. Could care less. So we have a masculinity crisis. We are seeing men commit suicide at ever-increasing rates. We're seeing more drug abuse. We are seeing young males who are angry. They don't know how to, how to lose. They've never learned how to win and lose. They channel their aggression into going and getting a gun. They sit at home all day, and instead of trying to go outside and, and play sports or go outside and socialize or go wherever and socialize with other boys, with other girls, they're trapped inside. They sit and watch that screen, watching the video games all day. Meanwhile, girls end up getting the better of the education system and attention from teachers. There is a reason women are graduating from college in disproportionate numbers. Men, boys, men, young men today, 
have become weak. Many times it's not a fault of their own. Fathers aren't around. We hear so many people laughing, saying, oh, yeah, my baby daddy. You know, women saying, oh, it's my baby daddy. Or the guy saying, yeah, I'm the baby daddy. But they're never around. Saying that as if that's something great. As if saying, oh, yeah, yeah, hey, I'm the baby daddy. Or the woman saying in, in, in glee, I'm the baby daddy, and, and the male's not around. The baby daddy's not around. Boys need an alpha role model. They need someone that will teach them how to become young boys, young adults, teenagers, young men, and ultimately men, alpha men. If they don't have a mentor, if they don't have a role model, if they don't have a, a, a strong dominant male present, what happens? They're around their mothers who are feminine. They're feminized. That's why the number of women that I know that are divorced all tell me, they say, I make sure that number one, their father is included. I never badmouth the father. I make sure they are you know, always involved. And number two, I have as many male influences, whether it's an uncle, a friend, a cousin, whomever it may be, always around, teaching them, showing them, guiding them. Boys learn through osmosis. They learn by watching. If you watch your father, your grandfather, how they act, if they're alpha, you're going to pick that up. I don't blame many of today's young men, boys, because in many situations, they got dealt a bad hand. And so one of the things, instead of Biden, brain, brain dead Biden, sitting up and talking about weapons and what he's going to ban and this and that, how about saying we need a national mentorship program? Women, if you have baby daddies, you're not married, get them involved. And if they're not involved, we are going to have a national mentorship program. Encourage men to be around boys, men that are successful, who have achieved, that can guide these boys. That's how you solve this problem. Solve the problem with the angry male and also have men that are no longer wussified or feminized, but who grow up to be strong alpha males. But remember, that is not what the liberals, that is not what the feminists want. Here's a perfect example of how institutions, the army, the armed forces have become emasculated. Can you imagine General George Patton if he saw General Mark Milley today saying, we're going to stand down and we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to learn about our feelings and we're going to talk and we're going to, you know, we, we've got too many angry people in this military and we need to, we need to be more accommodating. We need to have, hold hands and sing Kumbaya. Patton, Eisenhower, MacArthur, Washington, all rolling in their graves. So what did I see on, what was it, I think uh, Wednesday? The start of June, which I had no idea is National Pride Month. By the way, I am proud to be a USDA certified heterosexual male. Now, if you are a homosexual male, that's fine. Have at it. I don't tell people what to do. I don't want people telling me what to do. I have no problem with people living their lives, how they want to live their lives, especially in the bedroom. 
Not my business, not their business. What I do have a problem with now is that we have to have pride parades and we have to have people jumping all over in the colorful flag. How about we just say, enjoy yourself, live your life. Nobody's being discriminated against, but instead we have to make a giant deal over what, 3% of the country? We got 95 plus percent of this country heterosexual. I don't see a heterosexual pride, pride month. I don't see a heterosexual pride parade. Again, I have no problem whatsoever. People leading the sexual lifestyle they desire. You want to be straight, you want to be bi, you want to be quadrosexual, bisexual, homosexual, multisexual, whatever you want, have at it. I don't discriminate, have no problem. But I do not believe that we need the military to tweet out from the Marine Corps social media feeds celebrating LGBTQI Pride Month by tweeting a picture of a combat helmet adorned with rainbow-colored bullets. Sorry. Inappropriate. The military's job is not to get politically correct. It's to protect America. Concentrate on that. We can't even do that today with the clowns, not in the rank and file, but at the top. The leadership, the generals, the, the colonels that are in, in the Pentagon running the show are pathetic. They would be laughed out of the army had it been World War II or Korea or Vietnam or even Desert Storm. Can you imagine General Schwarzkopf saying, hey, let's stop while we're going to get uh, take care of Saddam Hussein and let's tweet out a picture of one of our helmets and our fatigues with little rainbow-colored bullets and a little rainbow flag on the uniform. Would never happen in 10 billion years. As Bernard Sanders would say, never happen in billions and billions of years. What do we see now? Beto O'Rourke, or Beta O'Rourke. He looks like a pussy. They're whiners. We see it all the time. I cannot tell you the number of times that there's some issue going on. I'll, I'll go somewhere, whether it's to a store or the airport or something, and like people are all standing around, having no clue what's going on. And I'll walk up and say, excuse me, what's going on? Oh, we've got this delay, but we've opened a thing over here. Okay, great. They'll stand in all these other lines when there's new lines open, and they just stand around because they are followers. They are beta followers. They are not alpha leaders. And even when I go in, You'll see the alphas that'll say, oh, pay attention. Now oh, there's another line over there. Okay, security line. All the other betas stand in line with their thumbs up their ass. They are clueless. We do not need men who recoil and retreat. We need men, strong alphas, like the brave men and boys in World War II, whether it was in Normandy, whether it's in Iwo Jima, Battle of the Bulge in North Africa, Italy, no matter where. We need strong alphas. And this nonsense that we're blaming everything on guns. We had cap guns. I, had, I guarantee you had cap guns growing up. We played with them all the time. Do you ever recall a school shooting when we had cap guns all over the place? In the 70s, 80s, 90s? No. 
It started with the millennial generation. So you can take all the freezes you want on banning handguns and banning this. It's not going to solve the problem. We have wussified beta males. We have seriously disturbed males that are rudderless. I talked about it last week. If we want to solve the problem, don't look at the gun violence. Look at the reasons. Look at the symptoms of the gun violence. The, the, the gun violence is a result of far deeper symptoms, but nobody wants to be, nobody wants to take that hard look, and it's pretty pathetic. And instead, what we have, as we saw in Uvalde, Texas, we saw wussified beta males standing around instead of saying, let's go, we're storming it. Remember in, in during 9-11, there was a bunch of alpha males in that, I believe it was a United 757, that they thought was heading towards either the, the uh, Capitol or the White House. And we, ha we, we heard on, on the, uh, voice, the data recorder or the voice recorder, group of men saying, let's roll. Those were alpha males. Those weren't wussified beta males that were just standing around. They lost their lives. But they did something. They didn't stand around like the cops in Uvalde, Texas. The symptom of the 50-year wussification of the American male, the result is what we saw in Uvalde, Texas. It is the result of what we see with boys that are rudderless across this country. We see the honoring of males that want to become females. We see in advertising the depiction of males carrying a baby and breastfeeding. Those are not males. This country, for 50 years, has gone off the tracks. And it started when males, men, lost their ability to lead, their ability to take charge, their ability to act like alpha males, as men have done since the Stone Age. We are weak. Not all of us. Everyone listening to the Cigar Dave Show and Bold Alpha, you are all alphas. But you see them. You see how beta males walk. They, 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 they slump down. They don't stand upright. They're, they're, they're weak when they speak. They don't, they're not decisive. It's pathetic to watch. It's almost as if they have their head between their tails. It is pathetic. It is about time that we address this problem head on. We need to eliminate the feminists who would like to feminize and wussify American males from the time they are born. We must stand up and say, if we want to solve this problem, let's be honest with ourselves, let's be honest with the country. But the Democrats, the liberals, they, the socialists, they would rather demonize and say, oh, conservatives, Republicans, they are homophobic. They are transgender phobic. They are women phobic. Bullshit. If we don't take control now and we don't set these young boys and guide them from the time they are out of the womb, and show them how to be alpha males, have male role models, have mentors, keep them on track. 
we will continue to see these violent shootings. And if we allow everybody to be the everybody to be a winner mentality, we will continue to see these because boys will not learn how to lose. If they are not socialized, it's like a puppy. The first thing I did when I got both Pendragon's Royal Sultan and then Pendragon's Royal Baron, you got to socialize them in eight weeks. I took the pups everywhere. They were socialized. I took them to, when I went to get coffee. I took them when I went out. I took them when I walked down the street or walk in the park. I wanted people to pet them and to touch them and to be interactive with humans. That's why I've never had an issue. People are like, oh, is he friendly? I'm like, absolutely. He's very socialized. No problem. No fear. If you don't do the same with boys, socialize them, teach them how to win, teach them how to lose, guide them, have a, a role model that, sh that, that they can see acting like an alpha male, they will be doomed from the time they are young boys. We must change the trajectory. Instead of a president standing up at the lectern saying, we are going to be honest. We will work together with Republicans. We'll work with anybody that wants to solve this problem. It's more than just guns. Let's not politicize this. Let's solve the problem. But no, they want to politicize it. They can fundraise off it. They can demonize Republicans. They can demonize alpha males. Continuing their quest for power. Screw the long-term effects on this nation. They don't care. We as alpha males care, and we can change the trajectory. Must happen. Uvalde, Texas, police officers standing around, that is the result of 50 years of the feminization and wussification of the United States of America and the American male. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balanced smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. With an unlimited and secure supply of pleasure sticks available for the general to enjoy, it's time for National Cigar Litation Maneuvers. Well, the April Officers Club selection that was shipped out towards the end of May, I will tell you, is a winner. Three incredible cigars from the Torrent family. The Casa Torrent 1880 series. These are super premium cigars. Suggested retailers in the $20 category. So our members at the time in April paid $22.95. Now it's $25.95 per month. We had the price increase June 1. But they paid $22.95 for $60 worth of incredible cigars. And one of the three cigars that we featured, we featured the Casa Torrent 1880 Claro, the Casa Torrent 1880 Maduro, another beauty, and the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. Nice medium brown wrapper, San Andrean Moron Colorado wrapper. Just beautiful. A nice tan color to it. 
And these are a class of cigars. All the tobacco comes from the Torrent Farms in Mexico. They grow incredible tobacco in the San Andrean Valley. The cigar series, the 1880 Casa Torrent 1880, represents the first year the Torrent family began planting tobacco in Mexico, 1880. So they've been in it for over 140 years. This is now, I think, the fifth generation that is involved. So this is a fantastic cigar. I've got the Toro, about six and a quarter by 54. Beautiful looking stick. Again, about 20 bucks. Can't go wrong. And I'll tell you that the, the Torrents have been growing tobacco for many, many years, obviously going back to 1880. But many of the cigars you enjoy over the last 20 years have featured their San Andres Moron wrapper or that Maduro wrapper. Every year during the Cigar Retailers Convention, I always try to find a theme. About five, six years ago, the big theme was the number of manufacturers that were using the San Andrean wrapper, whether Moron or the Colorado wrapper or the Habano wrapper on their cigars. And at one time, people, manufacturers didn't want to admit that they had Mexican tobacco in their cigars for fear that people would think, oh, it's harsh, it's bitter. Uh-uh, that is no longer the case. The Torrents grow exceptional cigars. This is a great stick, the Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. All of our members receive those the end of, actually right around May 26th to around the 30th, 31st should I had them. And just an update, the May Officers Club selection is going out Monday and Tuesday. It should have gone out today, but problem is that with FedEx and the storm brewing down, or yesterday I should say, brewing in South Florida, everybody uh, getting uh, a little concerned. So consequently, the warehouse uh, was unavailable, unable to ship those, but they're going out early next week. So you will have it. And then back now that we're in June, by mid-June, around the 15th or 20th, you will have the June selection, which features the Gurkha Revenant. Beautiful sticks. So for the May selection, which is going out Monday, Tuesday, the Alec Bradley Spring Sampler, the Alec Bradley Black Market, the Alec Bradley Black Market Esteli, and the Alec Bradley Max, three great cigars going out Monday, Tuesday, and we will send an email out to everybody just to let them know they have gone out. If you are not a member of the Cigar Dave Officers Club, go over to CigarDave.com, click on Officers Club, $25.95 per month gets you three fantastic cigars the latest and greatest in the world of cigars shipped to you in an Office Cigar Dave Officers Club Ziploc pouch. $25.95, great deal to steal. Go to CigarDave.com right now. But this cigar, I cannot wait to get my chompers on. This is, once again, the Casa Torrent, 1880, Colorado. Cigar-altering and highly sharpened leaf-exposing device. Self-sharpening double-edged stainless steel guillotine in my hand, ready for cutting maneuvers. Maximum BTU flame-throwing and heat-producing apparatus. Well, got a new one from the Cigar Dave R&D Laboratories. This is called the grenade because it looks like a grenade. The hand, the feel, how it bulges out. Huge tank. It's got a single jet flame on here, but it looks and feels like a grenade. You can hear that? Loads. I mean, I, I think the R&D lab guys told me that they calculate there is enough butane in the interior tank of this grenade litation device to light, they tell me, now I don't know if this is true or not, they tell me they've scientifically calculated on the way that I, the length that I 
that I toast the cigar, how I puff and rotate. They've got these are the guys that wear the white pocket protectors. They've got the slide rules. I mean, these guys live, eat, and breathe lightation devices. They tell me there's enough in here for approximately 217 lightations. How they came up with that, I don't know. I said 217, you want to just round it to like 210, 220. Nope, general. 217.4 to be specific. But 217, huge tank. That's what I would use today. Cigar, Cigar pre-lightation checklist complete. No faults detected. Area clear of all enemies of pleasure. Approval to go throttle up in three, two, one. Perfect cut. Now I will toast this beautiful Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. Again, with the new Cigar Dave lightation device known as the grenade. All right, here we go. Take a listen. Oh, yeah, that's good. Very nice. Big, just feels big in the hand. This is not the kind of lightation device you want to put in your pocket. This is more of a tabletop lightation device. All right. We're toasting the foot of this beautiful-looking cigar, this Casa Torrent. All right, the wrapper is now toasted. Now I will toast the fillers and the binder. Taking my time. Now I will puff and rotate. Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, yeah. Mm. Mm. Our is as I blow on the foot of the cigar. Perfect. Even amber glow. Take a couple of puffs here. Mm. This is medium body, very smooth. Nice little spice. Very subtle notes of sweetness, almost an earthy type of flavor, but very, very pleasant. Mm. Now, I need something to match up with my Casa Torrent 1880 Colorado. Scotch, bourbon, and beer. Commence thirst-quenching libationary maneuvers. Well, a number of years ago, probably about eight years ago now, I was up in Maine, and I found a great distiller called Maine Craft Distilling in Portland, Maine. And I uh, had the chance to meet the founder, the master distiller, and uh, sampled a whole bunch of great spirits, including their Qqeg rum. It has spices added. This is an interesting story. Basically, Qqeg is the harpooner in Melville's Moby Dick. And so they wanted to create a, since many ships were built on the shores of Maine, uh, supplying fleets of sailors, fishermen, the means to travel the world on the high seas, they discovered spices for flavoring rums. So what they did is they created uh, a very nice rum, and then they used a blend of spices and fruits to create a very full-flavored, robust rum with these attributes. Beautiful-looking bottle. Again, there's the whale right on the top. Qqeg, Q-U-E-E-Q-U-E-G from Maincraft Distilling. All right, let me go ahead and say cheers. Take a sip. Mmm. First of all, on the nose, I'm getting massive amounts of orange, honey, raisin, and as I sip, mmm, rum with really nice fruity flavors. Again, I'm getting the raisin, I'm getting vanilla. This is really tasty. A little bit of clove. Mm. Nice pairing 
with the Casa Terrain 1880 Colorado. Medium bodied. The rum is medium bodied. Outstanding. Let me take a puff here. Hmm. Very nice. Great pairing. Casa Turin 1880 Colorado, along with the main craft distilling Cuqueg rum with spices. Nice way as we enjoy the weekend. When we return, I will tell you about a cigar that is priced a little bit on the excessive side. Don't think it would work here in the United States, but around the world, a Cuban cigar in the stratosphere in terms of price as we continue. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. All right, last week I told you that Cuba is increasing, Habanos, Cuban cigar manufacturer, distributor, is increasing their increasing the prices on all their cigars, but primarily massive price increases on their top premium lines. When I say premium, I'm talking about Cohiba number one, Monte Cristo, some Romeo y Julietas, and Trinidad. The Cuban cigar, uh, uh, Habanos, the, the distributor manufacturer, the last 10 years, they've really spent a ton of time developing Trinidad, the Cuban Trinidad, into a very premium cigar along the lines of the Cohiba. Well, the Cohiba 55th Anniversario has just hit the market, primarily in the Middle East and in Lebanon. Phoenicia Trading, which is the distributor, one of the largest regional distributors of Cuban cigars in the world, primarily in duty-free stores in the Middle East and, and in Beirut, they have just announced that the Cohiba 55 Anniversario Edition Limitada 2021 is going to be is on sale at the Grand Duty Free Store in Beirut, in the airport, and also in many of the Casa del Habanos around the Middle East. And here is the kicker. It is a 5 and 7 eighths inches long by 57 ring gauge. I would call this a almost a super toro because it's just under six with a 57 ring gauge. You could even call it a magnum, a small magnum. It's a good sized cigar. Limited edition, actually they call the size the Victoria, one of the thickest cigars at a 57 ring gauge in the entire Cuban Cigar Habanos portfolio. Limited cigars, they will be available throughout Phoenicia, uh, their, their, their territory. Only 10,000 10 count boxes are being produced. 100,000 cigars, that's it. Here's the kicker. Is the cigar $50 a piece? No. $100 a piece? No. 125 you say? That would be on the high end. No. 
I feel like this is the Bob Barker, the price is right, the high-low game. When somebody would have to give a price and he would say higher, lower, until they got the price. Let's see, is it 200? Higher. 210? Higher. 270? Higher. 290? Higher. 300? Ding, 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 ding. Yes, you win. 300 U.S. dollars per Cohiba 55 anniversario cigar. I'm sorry, but I would not pay $300 for any cigar. Now, I will put up, I guarantee you, you put up any Padron, Padron Family Reserve, which is what, 30 bucks maybe, $32? Put any Davidoff, put any Fuente, put any Gurkha, put any cigar with the highest price tags in the United States against this Cohiba 55 Anniversario at 300 bucks. I will guarantee you the cigar you purchase for far less money made by one of those aforementioned great manufacturers would whip this Cuban cigar's ass every single time. $300? That's absurd. The most expensive Davidoffs are, and they're fantastic, the most expensive Fuente Fuente Opus X's, the most expensive Padron Anniversarios or, or the, or the uh, 1926 series or the Family Reserves. Those don't come anywhere near $300, and they're better cigars. I think Cuban, now, will there be a market for people to buy it? Sure. $100,000, you will get the, you know, the Middle Eastern sheiks, you'll get high rollers that want to say, oh, I only smoke the best. This is $300 a piece. Literally, when the old days when they'd say, oh, it's like lighting a cigar with a $100 bill, today it's like lighting them with $300 bills. 300 excessive. And here's what's amazing. There has never been a correlation between quality of a cigar and price. I will tell you that the Arturo Fuente Florofina 858, which today, I don't know, is maybe eight bucks, eight and a quarter, I think that's every bit as good as a Fuente Fuente Opus X or a Fuente Hemingway. Different prices, but I bet you, I know Carlito Fuente would say, hey, General, everything we make, we don't put junk in anything. It's all 100% top shelf. I will tell you that when I go visit the Padrones, when I see George and Orlando, Orlando Padrone down at their headquarters in Little Havana, we always talk about the 1926 and the Family Reserve and the 1964 Anniversario Series. But they always tell me, General, don't forget about our regular Padrone Series. We're very proud of that. We sell a ton of those cigars. Those are great cigars. In fact, I would see the late Jose O. Padron would always have a Padron regular series in his mouth. They're great cigars, far less than a Padron family reserve. In terms of price, are they, are they any less in terms of quality and taste? No. You don't have to go and break the bank. You don't have to spend $300 to get a great premium cigar. You just don't. Now, Cuba and Habanos, I told you last week that they are basically going to increase the price of their super high-end portfolio. Everything's going up, but the Trinidad, Cohiba, Monte Cristo, Romeos, especially the Trinidad, Cohiba lines, they are seeing massive price increases to match the prices that these Cuban cigars are sold at in Hong Kong, which is the highest price for Cuban cigars in the world because of taxes, duties, and other, uh, other uh, fees. So Cuba said, we're going to standardize our pricing. Everything's going to be the same around the world. Well, I have got 
I've gotten a hold of some of the prices that are being listed. I've already talked to Mick the Brit, did some recon and intel, and the British retailers have all said the cigars are going up massively. In some cases, 100% plus. But now I've got the list from Germany, from Fifth Avenue Products Trading, which distributes Cuban cigars in three countries, Germany, Austria, Poland. New price list goes into effect July 1. This is wild. The Cohiba, Cohiba Bahique, the Trinidad, the Monte Cristo Linea 1935, and the Romeo y Julieta Linea, uh, Linea de Oro brands are doubling in price, at least. With the exception of the Cohiba Siglo 5, it's only going up a modest 87%. So that roughly is about 20% of the entire Cuban cigar Habanos portfolio that is sold in those countries. Other cigars, the lesser-named cigars, are going up 10 to 15%. But let's just take a look at some of these prices. Trinidad, here's a perfect example. The Trinidad Reyes, which is a petite Corona, 4 and 3 eighths by 40. Small cigar. It's going from $9, or correction, euro, 9, nine, nine euro, 9, 9.60 euro to 32 euro. So let's just say under 10 euro which is about $10.50, it's going to 32 euro, which is just about 33 US dollars. It's tripling in price. This is a four, this is a five by 40 petite Corona. You're not talking about a big cigar. How do you think those people that are used to paying just under 10 euro are going to react when all of a sudden it goes up by 320% to 32 euro? You think they're going to still buy those cigars? I don't think so. And in fact, a number of the British tobacconists and cigar retailers told Mick the Brit, our colonel in charge of the European theater operation, they expect the New World cigars, that's what they call the cigars that are made in Honduras, Nicaragua, the Dominican Republic, Miami, the non-Cuban cigars, they call them the New World cigars. They expect they're going to see record sales on the New World cigars. Rightfully so. And once people convert and sample a New World cigar, whether it's a Fuente, whether it is a Gurkha, whether it is a Camacho, whether it is a Rocky Patel, what do you think is going to happen when the price is a third, a quarter, a fifth of a Cuban cigar and the quality is better? They're not going back to Cuban cigars. The Trinidad Esmeralda, which is a Robusto Extra, five and three quarters by 53 ring gauge. Most expensive size in the Trinidad line going to 63 euro per cigar. I mean, the prices, the Fundador, which was the most expensive Trinidad at the time, was 26 euro, just under 26 euro, going to 61. These are ridiculous price increases. Imagine if you went in tomorrow or today to your cigar retailer and you're used to paying let's just say, I don't know, for a Camacho or even the Casa Torrent that I have here, the 1880. This is about a $20, $18 suggested retail. Imagine if tomorrow you went in, same exact cigar, and the Torrents or every manufacturer decided they were going to triple their price. What do you think would happen? Consumption would go down. It would plummet. People would find alternatives. I don't see how Habanos will be able to get away with this. This is going to be the greatest boom 
for the New World Cigars. And what we've seen now over the last several months, we have seen now the demand for cigars in the United States start to level off. For the last two years, when people were working from home, their man cave, their outdoor patio, people were smoking more cigars. They bought more cigars. Cigar manufacturers had a tough time keeping up. They were backordered in many situations. All the manufacturers have now gotten back to equilibrium. Their warehouses are stocked. They're still doing well. The number of cigars they're selling certainly up from two years ago. But what do you think is going to happen now when all of a sudden there's huge demand in Europe? They're going to experience another big boom. No ifs, ands, or buts. Cohiba. Here's a perfect example. The Cohiba Robusto, their regular Cohiba line, going up 176% from 24.60 euro per cigar to 68 euro per cigar. The Cohiba Siglo 5, going from 31 to 58, only an 87% increase. Now, I love the Cohiba Siglo 6. That is a nice Toro. It was 37.50 euro. It's now going to 81 euro, 116% increase. Absolutely absurd. And the Cohiba Bahike, which came out a number of years ago to uh, commemorate, you know, this is a super premium cigar, big, big, uh, made a big deal across the world, tough to get, very expensive. I mean, on average now, the Cohiba Bahikes are anywhere between, let's say, 48, 49 euro to about 68 euro. They're going up. The, I'm going to give you the least expensive Cohiba Bahike 52. 52 ring gauge, Robusto, going from 48.60 euro to 120 euro, a 146%. Actually, it's 146.9. We'll call it 147%. The Cohiba Bahike uh, BHK 56, it was 68.10 euro. It's going to 170 euro, 150% increase. Good luck to the Cubans. Good luck. And by the way, the Romeo e Giulietta's, they're going up even more. Their Linea de Oro Nobles, which was 16 euro going to 49 euro, a 206% increase. Now, how many people, connoisseurs, are going to walk into the store and, be, and, and say, yep, I'm going to take my normal Romeo e Giulietta Linea de Oro Nobles? And they're used to paying 16 euro. And all of a sudden, the guy says, that'll be 49 euro. They'll be like, what are you talking about? I, I, it's 16. No, we had a price increase. It's over 200% increase because of Habanos. What do you think is going to happen? It is not going to be a pretty picture. And all the Cuban cigars are in the higher price category. And now that they've said that demand is huge, they can afford to increase their prices, I got news for you. There is no way that you can raise prices 85, 87, 100, 160, 210% and not have an effect. They will take care of the tremendous demand for their cigars, which will plummet, guaranteed. be interesting to see what happens one year from now. But the good news is Cuban cigars aren't legal in the United States. And even if they were, here's what would happen. I call it the Coors Beer Syndrome. You remember back in the 1980s, 90s, when you couldn't get Coors beer, only available west of the Mississippi. But there was this big, almost like the forbidden fruit. People want what they couldn't have. Big excitement over Coors Silver Bullet. So what happened? 
Whenever people go out to the West Coast, you'd say, hey, bring me back a six-pack of Silver Bullets. And they would. And you'd drink it. Oh, my gosh, this is great. This is the best. Oh, it's gone terrible. I wish they sold it here. Well, guess what? All of a sudden, you could buy it at every convenience store, every supermarket, every liquor store, every gas station east of the Mississippi. It's available everywhere. And then what happened? It was no longer the forbidden fruit. And once you could get Coors Silver Bullets anywhere east of the Mississippi, the novelty wore off. Sales didn't increase huge, thinking, hey, because people couldn't get it, now they would buy it in droves. Didn't happen. People want what they can't have. When the United States, when there is a democratic government in Cuba, we don't know when it's going to happen. It'll happen someday. Who knows when? But when that happens, and Cuban cigars are legally able to be sold in the United States, there will be a massive amount of sampling. People will want to try and buy the forbidden fruit. They'll say, oh, I want to have that Cohiba Siglo 5, Cohiba Siglo 6, even though it's going to be super expensive. They'll try it once, and they'll smoke it and say, it's good, but it's not great. I'm going back to my, you know what? I'm going to go, go back to my normal cigar that I smoke. I'm going to go back to my Romeo e Giulietta from the Dominican Republic. I'm going to go back to my, my, uh, my Gurkha Revenant. I'm going to go back to my uh, Fuente Florafina 858. I'm going to go back to my Avo. That's what's going to happen. They will sample it. There'll be big buzz, big excitement. You'll be able to get it everywhere, and then all of a sudden... It won't be such a big deal anymore because it's no longer the forbidden fruit. What it will force Cuba to do is to increase the quality and aging of their cigars. And right now, if you do a blind taste test in Europe, guaranteed, pick any Dominican, Nicaraguan, Honduran cigar, put it up against a Cuban cigar on a blind taste test, nine times out of ten, connoisseurs, consumers will choose the non-Cuban cigar. But then once you put a band on it, they'll say, oh, no, 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 I, I, I love the Cuban cigar, much better. I, I can tell the difference. I've seen it. When you take the band off on a blind tasting and nobody knows what it is, it's amazing the results that you will find. I've been through many focus groups with blind tastings where they'll sample the cigars. We'll give them a group of cigars. Every one of them will rate one cigar that, let's say, is 7 bucks, 6 bucks. they'll rate that as the highest. Then we'll do another tasting, but we'll put the bands on all the cigars. And the cigar that was the most expensive comes out at number one, and the cigar that they all picked initially when it was unbanded as number one falls to the bottom of the pack. Why? Because the perception that something that's more expensive has to be better in quality. Not true. So one year from now, we will check and see how Cuba does. I think Habanos is in for a rude awakening. 300 bucks for a cigar, 80, 80 euro or 80, $85 for a cigar, no thank you. All right, final concluding segment of this edition of the Cigar Dave Show comes your way next. Question I receive most from connoisseurs. General, what is the newest cigar that I should try? Easy answer. Right now, it's the Gurkha Revenant. Very unique addition to the Gurkha portfolio. It comes in two different wrappers, a Corojo or a San Andrean Maduro wrapper. But what is unique about the Gurkha Revenant? It uses essentially the same Cameroon binder 
and some broadleaf in the filler. So you're going to get some unique sweetness. You're going to get some unique spice. The San Andres Maduro wrapper adds more sweetness with a little bit more of a unique complexion, whereas the Corojo, more of a medium-bodied balance smoke. Try one of each. You can't go wrong. The brand-new Gurkha Revenant, available in Corojo and San Andres Maduro wrapper. Visit GurkhaCigars.com. Be sure to subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha, where we talk the alpha male lifestyle, including cigars, libations, technology, grilling, politics, and more. Search Bold Alpha anywhere you listen to podcasts and hit subscribe. I had the pleasure of knowing the late, great Avo Uvesian, the man behind the Avo lineup of cigars. And Avo had a great saying. He would tell me, savor every note. Well, one cigar that I can tell you, you will savor every puff, savor every note, is the Avo Heritage. It was developed for the cigar connoisseur seeking a fuller-bodied cigar. Strength, complexity, impeccable smoothness, nice notes of spice. If you are looking for a cigar that delivers full-bodied richness, impeccable smoothness, savor every note of the spice-laden Avo heritage. Available at DavidoffGeneva.com. Finally, when you are in your car with your harem of one, your harem of five, your harem of 20, your mistress, your wife, or if you're in Utah, your wives, this is a cautionary tale. Two people inside an SUV in Fort Lauderdale on Thursday evening were involved in a crash. And after the crash between the vehicle and a FedEx truck, two people inside were in the SUV were discovered naked, according to the Fort Lauderdale fire rescue officials who responded on the scene. At the time of the crash, the woman inside the SUV was performing oral pleasure maneuvers on the male driver. She was giving the driver, the male driver, a blow joy. My favorite line from Sex in the City was when Samantha said, I don't know why they call it a blow job. It should be called a blow joy. It's not a job, it's a pleasure. Absolutely, I agree with Samantha from Sex in the City. It should be called a blow, blow joy or a blow pleasure. Well, two people inside the FedEx truck had minor injuries. However, the driver of the SUV who was receiving oral pleasure maneuvers sustained injuries to his private area due to what was going on at the time of the crash, according to the Fort Lauderdale Fire and Rescue. I can only imagine what happened. He sustained injuries. Was his schmeckel bitten off? Was, were one of his nads accidentally chopped? I mean, the thoughts, just terrible. And the moral of the story is never, never have oral blow pleasure maneuvers performed upon you while the car is in motion, only while the car is in stationary. Put it in park, keep it stationary, don't drive, and, uh, and get filleted at the same time. And I'm wondering, will the driver of the SUV involved in the crash while he was getting pleasure maneuvers, will he be charged with filleting while in motion? Good question. We'll have to find out. Moral of the story, get oral pleasure maneuvers while the SUV is in park. Oh, I can only imagine what happened when the woman's mouth around his you-know-what and if uh, there was some teeth action involved. Not 
Good. All right, that does it for this edition of The Cigar Dave Show. Don't forget, make sure that you subscribe to The Cigar Dave Show. Anytime we drop a show, automatically comes to you. Give us a five-star review. And also, make sure that you do a search and subscribe to our brother podcast, Bold Alpha. Every Thursday, we drop our weekly spirit celebration and other things along the week. Make sure you subscribe. We dropped a uh, Bold Alpha spirits uh, celebration review of the Crown Royale XR18 uh, on Thursday. So you'll want to check that one out. Every Thursday it comes out, and we expand your libationary pleasures. And as always, make sure you follow us on social media, Twitter, at Cigar Dave Show, Getter, at Cigar Dave, and now Truth, at Cigar Dave, Facebook, Cigar Dave, and Instagram, Cigar Dave. Email me, CigarDave, at CigarDave.com, should you wish to correspond and communicate electronically. As always, Cigar Dave, the general saying, may your humidor always be full, may your cutter always be sharp, may your ash be extra, extra long, semper delictatio, always pleasure, long live the alpha, make masculinity great again, screw the enemies of pleasure, and make sure that all alphas rise to the occasion. It is time to make masculinity great in this nation, and together we shall do so. Have a wonderful weekend. Cheers, and live it up.